Welcome to School of PE Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller, and I'm so glad that you could join me this week. We are going to discuss topics about FE, PE, and SE, and we're also going to answer questions that will help students prepare for their exams. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to School of PE's Podcast Episode 3. Today's an exciting day. I have with me uh, Mr. Mike Villarosa. Uh, he's one of our instructors as well as a practicing engineer, so I thought I'd uh, kind of bring him by today and kind of chat and uh, kind of get to know him a little bit more and then also talk about some uh, cool engineering stuff. So, uh, Mike, if you would, please just take a few moments to uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm excited for this podcast and our chance to finally talk together face-to-face, uh, -face, as close as face-to-face -face as we'll get. I'm here uh, in New York, obviously. And uh, yeah, I've been teaching for the School of PE now for um, about three years. Uh, we've done a bunch of sessions. Um, I'm a water resources instructor for the PE um, exam, and I'm progressing towards uh, looking at teaching some environmental classes for you, it sounds like, uh, in this upcoming fall session. So right, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, I, you've done quite a bit for us. I think you've been with us, what, about three years, I think, going on? Yeah, yeah, it's been about three years, so it's been a right. lot of fun, and um, this past year has been a little crazy, obviously, with everything online, but um, luckily, School of PE has been well prepared uh, already for all the online stuff with Adobe Connect and, and all the programs that they have already uh, set up, so it's been good. Great, yeah. So I know you've done on-site for us, and you've also done the, you know, obviously now you're just doing the live online, but, uh, you know, talk about some of the experiences that you had, whether it be on-site or online, and, you know, maybe talk about how, you know, since you've done both the on-site and the online, what kind of uh, differences have you noticed, maybe not just with the way you teach, but also with, you know, student um, experience and engagement? Yeah, the um, on-site, I definitely enjoy. Um, I like getting to travel for the weekend too. Um, I, my wife doesn't love it, me being away for the weekend and her having a, uh, to take care of a three-year-old and a five-month-old now. But um, it's been it's been good with the in-person. In um, after class, I usually stay, interact with the students face-to-face. -face. Um, they enjoy it. I actually took the on-site class uh, in Newark, New Jersey. And that's really how I started with School of PE. Um, when I took the class, I was a astonished at how great the program was, um, how easy it made the test for me. Um, I, I used all the School of PE notes to uh, take the exam, and then I reached out to School of PE uh, the month after I found out that I passed to see what the process was to um, getting a job with you guys. And a couple years later, it took, but uh, you reached out to me and uh, out of the blue, really, and asked me if I wanted to teach water resources, so it was great. Um, moving to the on, online class has been uh, a little challenging for me, but again, it's been set up so smoothly that it's, it's already been an option for School of PE well before COVID-19. Um, we were able to do all the notes, um, interact with the students through the chat. They ask a lot of questions outside of class. I would say that's the biggest difference is sometimes things don't come up during class in the chat. And it's a lot of uh, off class time between emails and things like that that, right. that we interact with the students. 
Well, like I said, we're, you know, we're glad to have you. You know, the energy you bring has been tremendous. Uh, you also bring some entertainment to the classroom, which is nice, you know, because uh, especially on the weekends, those classes tend to be a little bit longer. They're all day. So, you know, trying to keep attention, not just for students, but heck, myself would have a hard time. But uh, you always have some little entertainment that you bring with you and, uh, and the students enjoy it. So it's a great way to kind of break up the monotony of the class. Uh, but also, I think when you first started, was L.A. your first location? Yeah, I mean, maybe you'll remember this, but I asked you back and forth emails, like 5,000 emails between the two of us. You reached out to me. The email was pretty much, hey, I have an opening in water resources. Can you teach Can you teach it? I said, well, this seems interesting. Yes. And then uh, your next email was, okay, it's in LA on whatever week. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> um, and then I was explaining it to my wife and she was asking me questions. I was like, well, I don't know. Let me ask him. So I'd ask you another question about the flights and about the hotel and how does this work? How does that work? And uh, yeah, being from New York, a small town in Warwick, uh, never been to California. And that was uh, my first opportunity to go to California and get to work for the weekend and um, help out some students uh, at, at the school P. It was great. What did you think of your first trip out to L.A.? I'm from L.A., so um, I moved to Ohio in 2004, so it's my backyard kind of. So what would you think of it being from the East Coast, uh, besides weather probably being the, the biggest difference? The weather was different from an engineering standpoint because I'm a big nerd and was looking at this stuff. All the roads were in great shape and the um, infrastructure, everything looked new and clean, um, isn't deteriorated from salt and weather. Uh, in <laughs> New York, I had family come from Texas uh, recently to New York, and uh, they said that the one thing that they forgot about New York is how um, old and deteriorated it looks, but it still functions, and uh, I mean, I was born and raised here, so this is pretty much all I know. As long as it's still functional, I guess that's, you know, all that really matters, so, <laughs> exactly. you know, the, the funny thing is, you know, we do the on-site class out in LA, and we have some other instructors that live in the Jersey area, a lot of them teach at the NJIT, but only instructors from New Jersey or New York go to LA. It's the craziest thing. I don't know if you guys all enjoy the long flights or, or what it is, but even the students are like, wait a second, everyone's coming from New York to LA. I'm like, well, if it's during the fall, it's probably to get away from the weather. But um, I, I have not, I mean, not one instructor I don't think is taught outside of uh, New York or New Jersey and LA. So uh, you the, kept the tradition alive. The weather there was good. Um, the flight there is awesome because you get the you get, whatever time I, I take off, it's like an hour later I'm landing because of the time difference. It's leaving right. there after the 3 p.m. class. I would leave there, uh, the hotel, right at 3, right when the class ended. I usually hop on like a 7 or 8 o'clock flight, and I'd fly home throughout the night. But I'd get home at like uh, the, with the time difference. It was a six-hour flight plus the four-hour time difference. It was like uh, – five in the morning and I'd usually just drive straight to work from there and then uh, oh. work for the day. Well, that's kind of a perfect leeway. What, what do you do um, you know, when you're not teaching for School of PE? Uh, I'm here today at um, Orange County Department of Public Works, uh, my local county, again, that I grew up in. I live in the town I grew up in. I uh, actually live 10 houses up from the house that my mom, where I grew up. Um, oh, wow. So it's convenient for the kids. We're just rolling down the street in the carriage and uh, head off to work. Um, but yeah, I work. I worked originally uh, for a consulting firm in, about 20 minutes from my house um, called Casey Engineering. We did a bunch of water and wastewater treatment plants, um, some site design, municipal work, um, all for a consulting firm. I was there for about four years. That's where I got my PE. 
when I, while I was there, I was um, a consulting engineer, municipal engineer. And then I, um, my boss actually quit there, came to the county. And that's when I did, uh, he gave me a call about a year after he came to the county, DPW, and said, I have an opening. Do you want to come along? And uh, I said, absolutely. I was commuting at that time. They moved me from 20 minutes from my house to about an hour from my house. So oh, I, wow. um, I greatly appreciated the, the change because it was a lot closer to home. Now my commute's again about 20 minutes. And uh, in the town that, in the county that I live, I'm familiar with everything. I know most of the people. Um, so it's really rewarding to do some of the work. On the other hand, I get a lot of complaints. I see people at the grocery store. How come you paved this road this way? How come you did this? How come my driveway's flooding? Um, but it's all all good, and uh, I really enjoy being able to work work here. It's kind of neat that you know working where you grew up. That that's pretty cool. It's a great story for sure. Um, you know, being an East Coaster. You know, it's funny. As last week we had Miss Sydney May on, and we got into about I don't know maybe ten minutes or so before I learned that. You know, I knew she was from Alabama, but I didn't know she was an Alabama grad. So that definitely took me off onto the wrong path being a Buckeye. So I know you're a Steeler fan, right? Um, oh yeah. I got my uh, I brought my terrible towel for you. <laughs> I had it in my office hanging up. So So I know during the season we'll we'll talk football. Um but so where'd you go to school uh, um you know for your undergrad? So I went actually uh not traditional engineering path. I went to a state university, uh SUNY Cortland it's called in uh, upstate New York, uh right outside of Syracuse. Um, probably the best three years, the peak of my life, um, <laughs> great time, so much fun. Um, but I was in a program there where it was designed, it was called a three plus two. So you go to the state school for three years, um, do all your calculus, uh, chemistry, physics classes, and then transfer out to a private engineering school for two years. So for those oh. three years, it's almost like a um, community college type program, but it's not. It's a four, still a four-year school. Um, and I got a physics degree from Cortland, and then my junior after my junior year, I transferred out to Manhattan College, which is actually in the Bronx um, in Riverdale. Okay. And I went there for two years, and the Cortland um, credits transferred into Manhattan, and the Manhattan credits transferred back to Cortland. So I actually got two degrees, one in physics from Cortland and then one in civil engineering from Manhattan. Oh, very nice. Yeah, what so was your favorite subject if you had to pick just one? Definitely in high school, it was math. Um, and then in college, I would have to say physics, physics in the engineering classes. So a typical um, response, I'd say, for an engineer, right? Math, yeah, science. I mean, so. <laughs> you have to, have to enjoy those to, to be an engineer. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, what made you want to teach? I mean, you know, um, it's big difference from, you know, practicing engineer to, to teaching. Um, I mean, a lot of the great thing about a lot of our instructors, I'd say maybe probably 90 to 100 percent of our instructors is they have a true passion for, you know, wanting to help people. So, I mean, you know, what drives you each day? Because I know you work all day and then you have to teach at seven o'clock or if you teach a weekend class, you're teaching from 10 to six on Saturdays and Sundays. So, you know, it's a big time commitment. So what drives you to get through it? And I mean, not only that, you know, the time you're teaching, you you know, it's time that you're away from, you know, spending with the kids. You have a, a newborn. So, um, you know, what yeah. gets you up to go every day? Yeah, it's been tough uh, with the newborn, uh, but he's actually been a better baby than the first one. So it's actually been pretty smooth so far, knock on wood, but we think he's getting some teeth. <laughs> so that, that might be, we might be in trouble there. Um, yeah, I mean, I went, I stayed at Manhattan actually after uh, graduating um, from my bachelor's degree. 
and went to grad school um, to get a master's in environmental. And when I stayed there, I was doing some teaching assistant, um, helping out. I was actually working full time for a professor. Um, for an he was my advisor, and uh, it, I enjoyed it. I, I liked being in the classroom. I mean, I sat in on some of his lectures, and then I helped grade papers. I did some guest lecturing, um, and I just I just liked the aspect where the student uh, teacher relationship, where they would ask questions and be so excited. The light bulb would come on once I'm re-explaining something. Mm -hmm. um, was really rewarding. And I actually had saved all of my college books, even from Cortland to Manhattan to grad school, with the anticipation that one day I could see myself teaching um, a college class or um, something like this, like a tutoring uh, outside of work. Oh, very good. I mean, you know, it's a rewarding for sure, you know, uh, helping people prepare for just not just the FE, but also the PE as well. And then to see them, you know, for for a lot of these engineers, it's a big stepping stone, right? They take their PE Absolutely. and it opens up a yeah. whole new world to them. And so a lot of stress goes into it. And, and one of the great things about the instructors is you guys have all gone through it yourselves. So you can relate to, you know, what the students are feeling. And, uh, you know, like when I talk to the engineer students, I always tell them, hey, just put your nose down for the next six months, you know, head to the grindstone, take the exam, pass and done. Easier said than done. I haven't been Way through easier. it. And you have you guys that have been through it and are able to explain it. And it helps calm the nerves for a lot of these people that are getting ready to take the exam. Because, um, you know, preparing for an exam is tough, not just you got to learn the material. You kind of got to change the way you live for a little while. And then a lot of it is the, is the nerve. So especially see, on the especially on the PE exam, when you've been out of college for um, four, at least three or four years and you haven't taken an exam, at least with FE, well, some people take it right while they're in college and they're in that mindset of uh, taking tests and studying, whereas four years later, your life's completely different. I agree. And then, you know, with us, we I'd say probably about 70% of the students that come through School of PE for their FE have been out of school for about eh, about 10 to 15 years. So they got to shake yeah. off a lot of the cobwebs too. Um, and ideally, it's great to take the FE your last year in college or right after graduation because all those subjects are, you know, still fresh in your mind. But it is doable as, as it's been proven over and over again that students can still, t you know, take and successfully pass it even after being out for a while. But it is nice to have instructors like you that, you know, have been in their seats and, and understand what it's like to uh, go through the hard work to, to see the payoff. So let's say, you know, you had some young a young person come up to you and say, you know, I'm thinking of thinking about being an engineer. You know, what would you tell them or what advice would you give them? Ron, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a, a great profession. Um, one of the fundamental canons, or whatever they, the uh, in ethics, they say to promote the the uh, the profession. Um, so that is part of my way of giving back to the profession. What it's given me is is to help out students get more PEs into the world, get more successful um, engineers uh, to work with. Um, I wish that every engineer that I worked with was um, the best engineer possible. It'd make my job easier. Um, but I, I would definitely tell someone who's thinking about it, and I've told people who are thinking about it, that it's a great profession um, right now in, in the whole country. Um, the infrastructure, uh, you'll never be out of a job. Uh, there's, there's plenty of jobs to look for. Um, everyone's hiring, so it, it's a really great, great profession. Okay.
you're not going to want to miss this key resource to help you pass your FE civil exam. Now let's get back to our conversation with Mike. the company that we purchased, we acquired this employee and the way their company was set up was that the owner would just do all the, the signing. He didn't really need a license, even though he did most of the design work and was capable. He just never had a need to have a PE license. So he took the PE uh, in his mid forties and then he took the FE six months later and said, he said the FE was much harder um, and much more difficult because it was all that basic uh, college right. information. And all those subjects that you never want to see again, you kind of forget yeah, after. I'll be honest, as a professional engineer, I don't even really see some of that stuff anymore. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I do not der do the derivatives and calculus and chemistry. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. If you see that, you just hand it off to somebody else. <laughs> you yep. know, um, it's an interesting yeah. path for sure. You know, so I, what are some of the biggest changes you've, that you've seen in engineering? Uh, I would say with technology, especially my current position, even though I teach water resources, my current position now with the, it's really the highway department is principal engineer of um, the highway department. So I'm the traffic or the county engineer uh, with regards to roads, um, highways, guide rails, traffic lights. So one of the biggest things that I've seen in the transportation and change um, is some of the technology. Uh, we just started installing I mean, we're late to the game with this, but we just started installing bell cameras at uh, some of our traffic signals uh, for loop detection. Usually they put loops in the roadway to detect cars so that they know when, when the light should go red and when it should go green. But now rather than having that in the ground, we're installing cameras up above to, to monitor intersections and things like that. All right. So no wonder uh, everyone in the community will blame you if there's a road issue, right? Because you exactly. pretty much are the road guy. Yeah, so, um, we actually yeah. started our paving program uh, uh, yesterday. We started paving our first road, and I had three friends already text me, uh, yes, between yesterday and today, saying, hey, what are you guys doing uh, uh Liberty Corners Road out there? So, <laughs> so in Ohio, <laughs> roundabouts are a big thing. Uh, do you guys have the roundabouts out there in the East Coast? We have them. Uh, Massachusetts like, uh, likes them. I go to Cape Cod for the summer, uh, some for vacation. Um, they have them. Jersey likes them. In New York, I I like them. In New York, we just started, they, the state DOT is installing them sporadically. Um, they work really efficiently, but people still hate them because people don't like change. Really I agree. You know, being from LA, I don't think I ever saw a, uh, a roundabout until I moved to Ohio. When I first saw one, I'm like, what in the world is this? Who concocted this strange this thing? Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the heck? No one knows when to go, when to stop. And then a few years ago, maybe about three miles from the office, they build the world's largest